everyone welcome to total football club my name is alex perez right here we only speak one language and that of course you already know it's soccer it's foosball it's football and today i have my good friend miguel ocampo he works behind the scenes all the social media stuff that you see on instagram on twitter on facebook all that good stuff for the page it's all thanks to him he works behind the scenes very very hard and now he shows his face miguel how are you I'm doing fantastic, my friend. That was, that was quite the intro, actually. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm, um, yeah, just getting some work done, and I'm happy to be here. As always, as always. Um, you, you are always working, and I really appreciate what you do for the page. Um, it's, it, it's, quite, it's quite awesome to see, to see the growth of this brand. Slowly but surely, we're getting there. And with projects like these, episodes like these, I'm pretty sure we're going to get people to, to be attracted to the brand more and more. Um, as you guys, well, actually, I'm pretty sure you guys don't know, but I will tell you now, Miguel is a massive, massive Arsenal fan. And I, I mentioned it and his face just dropped completely. But <laughs> it, <laughs> so, is it, is. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Shout out Max Holloway. But you know Today, what? I yeah. work hard. It's not like I have to, it's not a, like I have an Arsenal game to catch, you know? Because, you know, I, I'd rather I'd rather not ruin my day that way. It's funny because we always <laughs> talk about that. We uh, sometimes yeah, I, we I hit you up and I'm like, hey, did you watch Arsenal? He's like, nah, I don't bother to to ruin my day. I don't want to watch them in the Europa League. <laughs> you know what? It's happened. It's happened two or three times that I do watch them. But you'll ask me and I'll tell you like, nah, man, I didn't really watch them. No, but, you know. That's that's, and later in the conversation, I tell you that I did watch them, but instantly I just—it's just my head telling me like I wish I had seen that. You know, I should have saved those ninety minutes for myself. <laughs> it's wow. a lot of love though. I tune in at the end of the day, so it doesn't, it doesn't it's, matter. It's a toxic relationship between you and Arsenal. Yeah. Well, between yeah, Arsenal is. fans and Arsenal. But as you guys guessed it, we're gonna talk about the state of Arsenal right now where it all went wrong and what they can maybe do to improve their situation. And Miguel, mm. I, I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on Arsenal right now? Of course, we're recording this after the Premier League <clears throat> played their, their final match day. Yeah. Uh, the European seasons are, are pretty much wrapped up. So mm. what, what are your thoughts on Arsenal right now? Should we, should we label this as the yeah. Mikel Arteta era? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, honestly, Alex, right now, it's, uh, it's a team that's um, very flat, that's, that needs a lot of rebuilding. I think they're going through a rebuilding stage. And, um, you know, the, the community as a whole, you know, the, the soccer community, it's a, it's a, it's a, passionate, it's a passionate community. Um, they want a lot of things to happen like this, you know. They yeah. think, you know, with a couple of signings in the summer and a couple of games, things of that nature that that things just come that way you know arsenal's back at top four you know and they're battling for that 
third and fourth <laughs> fourth place spot but it doesn't necessarily work that way you know like um it's been it's we're, you know we're we've lacked to kind of solidify a manager and things like that i think we have that in Arteta, which is the the best thing going for us right now i know he hasn't had the best season and things of that nature but taking all things into consideration i think that they're on a ups they're on an upswing uh the reason i say that is because uh you know the uh, something a big thing that people forget is that this pandemic it doesn't it hasn't exactly it's hit shocked the whole world you know but at the end of the day like these these players that play week in and week out they their characters we lost you there for a little bit we we lost you that you you were talking about uh, about the character post pandemic support yeah so yeah this tested the character of a lot of everybody really like of how the managers handle the pressure about how the players handle the pressure how the top teams perform and to kind of back up my statement there you know we're seeing teams like west ham and and leicester and tottenham <laughs> make a freaking somewhat of a run you know and that's because since everybody's kind of put on this even playing field where where you know like nobody's accustomed to these things where you know you can't it's kind of like a bubble scenario type of thing um and a lot of these things that haven't that they haven't lived through before and they're going through them now now this has thrown like the young like arsenal is a pretty young team they you they've seen firsthand that they they're not they're not accustomed to something like that and and adversities like that they're gonna test your character unfortunately arsenal hasn't handled it the best but like i said it's 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 on an upswing so you know right now we, we haven't had the best season it's actually been the, the, a pretty bad season um even after a couple of seasons that we've been unhappy with the results and with how we end up in this season this is uh you know this is um definitely not somewhere we want to be definitely one to forget uh and we want to kind of uh build on the on the young talent that we have um i don't necessarily think the answers lie in some transfers and things of that nature i think it's more so a thing of like we got to back up the young talent that we have um and build, like kind of get get a lineup that we feel comfortable with you know we've seen our, our type of experiment with a couple of things uh, throughout the season um we really just got to get na- nailed down uh, our philosophy and follow it because uh this upcoming season uh you know our Arteta and Arsenal in general they're they're going to be really put uh put under pressure they're going to be put under the spotlight to see if it was just that one season that you know that that, that had them on a pretty low spot or if, or if you know there there's we need to get rid of some people and and that could very well mean uh Arteta being out who knows we have a lot of guys that are for him a lot of guys that are against him but but overall it's a, it's a team that's rebuilding it's a team that's not that's not in their best moment at all but um but you know you got we got to look at the positives we got to look to build off of those things and and yeah we'll see where the uh where the where this next season takes us that that segues me directly into my next question which was which was actually about Mikel Arteta and and I really wanted to ask you mm-hmm. your thoughts about the appointment of Mikel Arteta at the time did you think that was an upgrade over Unai Emery or did you think that that was a very very risky bet that Arsenal made 
Um, I think it was nothing but positives because the thing about it, I mean, this guy was under Pep Guardiola, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the respect that man has. Um, he's a former Arsenal player. Uh, and he, he understands the, the game. I mean, it's, it's only, it's was like the 2014 season that he was still part of the squad mm-hmm. and everything, you know? Yeah. Um, so everybody welcomed him with open arms, but again, um, we live in an age where we kind of want instant results. And a lot of people have kind of turned against him. Uh, I think he was uh, he was a good addition. He's a good he's a good change. I still believe in him, even though um, a lot of things aren't you know results results you know th- different scenarios haven't had him in the best position. But I, I his attitude, his uh, standards that he holds, um, the fact that you know he's he's not he's very he's very professional. Um, I do like him managing our team. I think sometimes he's uh, – we got to keep in mind also this is uh, – you know, although he was under Pep Guardiola, this is uh, a very young manager at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, he's very young. He's very, very green. Um, and come on, like we, we've got to – if we want someone solid, if we want someone that's going to get us to that next level, I have no doubts that, that Arteta can do that because he's seen that success with Manchester City. Um, but we can't expect it overnight, you know? So, so I do think, I do think they did the right decision with him. I was happy when, when they signed him, I was, I'm happy now. Um, but yeah, I, I overall, I'm, 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 I've been happy with that. I mean, the results haven't been the best. That could be for a number of reasons, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. You hit a lot of great points there. The, the main one, in my opinion, at least is that Mikel Arteta is very young. And he's still very green. So he's almost learning on the job. And they've been patient with, with Arteta. They, they gave him some good signings for, for, for this season. Or, or they, they helped them revamp that, that squad. But, but this past season, we mentioned it already, it wasn't great for Arsenal. It, it wasn't a good season for Arsenal. So why, why do you think that that happened why do you think arsenal didn't qualify to europe why do you think they couldn't make it to the europa league final and couldn't get past villarreal in the semifinals why why did it not work for arsenal and arteta this season uh, i think there's uh there's just a lack of ginormous thing and that's that's leadership mm-hmm. that's uh, accountability they lack that uh that championship mindset you know not championship, the second division. That's fucked up. But the you know the champion, <laughs> they lack that champion mindset. Yeah. And when I mean that is like when they go one zero down, these guys, you know, they, you know, you have your your games here and there where mm. where they you know they they're kicked in the gear. But you know what do you see when you see Manchester City when you see Real Madrid? You see someone like that go go one zero down. You don't see them hanging their heads you don't see them giving away five yard passes you know turning the ball over no you see them kick get kicked into gear everybody gets amped up you know man city has a leader like Pep guardiola real madrid has someone like ramos you have these leaders in these big teams and there's that there's that that character that's missing there a lot and, uh, you know, without that, you could sign whoever you want. You could sign Mbappe himself. You know, you could sign whoever. But if that champion mindset isn't in that team, 
which it hasn't been for a while, um, you know, you're, you're not going to break out of that. You get, it's going to be a, a continuous loop, which is what it's been going through for the last couple of seasons. Um, that's what's lacking the most. And I feel like it, it's not necessarily where did it go wrong. It was just never, uh, it was never, you know, it started off a good season. You know, when we took out uh, Man City, we took out Liverpool, um, you know, in those FA fixtures. And uh, we had high hopes for this season. I was I was really excited myself. I you know I, I thought I was sure that you know this team was gonna was gonna finish in the top four. But uh, you know the 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 fixtures, the different adversities that you're that you're given, you know, to this this season has kind of been unprecedented. You know, taking all things into account. Um, and yeah, that really showed. So I think it's 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 character that they lack the most. It's leadership. It's wanting to be number one that they lack. You know, you have it in a few of the players at times. That's not enough. You know, you, you, that's not enough. The champions, Man City, you know, if I feel like, you know, to, to start it off, I think if you're going to be in that league, you know, wh- why would you aim at something other than number one? You know, like that's that's how they should be thinking. And, it, you know, if your aim is at, you know, let's get to top four. OK, that's fine. But don't expect to get near number one. Because you're telling yourself, let's we'll, we'll be okay if we end up at number four. So why would your actions ever follow something that's going to have you at number one? You know, that doesn't just happen as a miracle. You know, you have to kind of plan accordingly. You have to not be willing to compromise at all. You have to not be willing to lose a game. You have to not be willing to tie a game. The thought of, you know, losing to someone like freaking Tottenham should eat you alive. You know, and I don't necessarily see with these players. They lost, I believe, the first fixture, I think, 2-0 to Tottenham. I don't care if I don't care if they have Harry Kane. I don't care if they have Sonny on a on a really good uh you know streak of games. You shouldn't like things like that, you know, that that's what they're lacking the most. And I think um, you know, that once once they start identifying that, you know, and I think Carteta is gonna lead them that direction then we could see a positive change. But until then, man, they've got a lot of work to do as far as character, as far as where they want to be in the league. And, uh, and yeah, let's just hope they, they turn the corner soon because I don't know how much my, my heart can take. <laughs> it's not just you. It's not just you. Um, Arsenal fans in general are getting very impatient with this team. But yeah. you mentioned the, the, the leadership. It's also... Of course, we also have to talk about the lack of personality in some of these players. And what I find almost ironic is that the players in in Arsenal, or at least the ones that that were that were playing for Arsenal this past season, the the, the ones that had the most personality are usually the ones that made the most mistakes. I'm talking about Granit Xhaka, David Luiz, um, the, the I, I I think of the two players that have the most personality in Arsenal. I I think of them too. But they're the most yep. mistake prone. It's it, they're a mistake waiting to happen. And now Arsenal, of course, they they didn't re-sign David Luiz, which I, I mean I think that's that's a good thing. David Luiz is like six seven years past his prime. Um, he left his prime in Belo Horizonte when he lost seven one to Germany, but that's a different story. Um, He's a uh, David Luiz is a double agent. <laughs> I don't disagree. I'll just put it that way. I I, I definitely don't disagree. But 
It's just that the personality is lacking. The leadership is is lacking. Miguel Arteta can yep. only do so much. Um, yep. But there also has to be some choices that Miguel Arteta has made that were questionable. And there was many yep. of them throughout the season. Oh, yeah. And I know as a human being, all of us, we have a short-term memory. But I just remember in the semifinal, the second leg of the semifinal in the Europa League against Villarreal, he took out Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang when they needed a goal. So those are also things that Mikel Arteta has to build off of and learn from because if you're in a Champions League semifinal, which that should be the aim or that should be the floor for Arsenal in, in an ideal world, you're not, you can't make those types of mistakes because you're going to be facing a Pep Guardiola, a Jurgen Klopp, a Zinedine Zidane. Those types of managers, they'll, they'll see that you made the mistake, they'll yeah. adjust immediately. Oh, yeah. and, and I'm not saying that Unai Emery is, is, isn't is like that. Unai Emery, they were playing in the Unai Emery League or in the, oh, yeah. the UEFA Europa League. Yep. But but still, there there are some some things that Mikel Arteta definitely still has has to work on. But if you, if you have players that don't feel the badge, they don't they don't feel a certain responsibility when they wear the jersey. Well, then you have a bigger problem. It's not necessarily whether I play a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 or whether I play with a back line at three. Right, yeah. If there's no personality, the problem is bigger and the problem is yeah. deeper. And it's it, it's yeah. harder to solve than it is something tactical. Um, but I I want to move off a little bit of, of from the tactics and, and that type of stuff. And I want to talk a little bit more about yeah. the ownership at Arsenal because yeah. that, that, that has been... A big talking point these last couple of of weeks, ever since this whole Super League stuff yeah. came about, and I just want to ask you: Do you really genuinely think that this Arsenal team would be different should Spotify's owner uh, Daniel Ek take over and buy the club, or is just is that just a fantasy that people have or a hope that people have? Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, as, as humans, we like to go, we like to uh, look at, maybe look at the, uh, at the easiest way out. And I think as opposed to looking at the things that can directly affect performances, like the players, like the tactics, like the managers, like the decisions that they're making day in and day out, I think it's easier to point at the top guy. I think it's easier to yell Kroenke out, pull up to the stadium with your little sign, you know. And that's the easier route. I don't necessarily mean that. I don't. I don't necessarily think. You know, because put it this way: a new owner is not going to. Yeah, it can. It can. Uh, it could change it up down the line for sure. I think in you know two three years it could be in a, in a way different place. But it's not whether who, no matter who the owner is, there's got to be a positive. Um, there's got to be a positive change and too many people are worried. Uh, you know, they're, they're not, they're not necessarily looking at the things that, you know, the little small changes that we can make week in and week out, you know, season by season. And they're looking at something that's easier to pick at. Like, you know, let's get the owners out of here. You know, that's a lot harder to pull off. It's like, you know, you have billions of dollars getting thrown left and right. It's not something that is going to happen like, you know, six months, 
in six months time or something like that. It's not like you just, you're buying a car or something where you just go sign your, you know, that's not how it works. This, this things like that. I get it. You know, let your voice be heard, but that's not necessarily where, where a lot of these poor performances are stemming from. And I think that's, that's, that's a bigger issue right now. You know, it's, it's, I get it. Like I said, I get it. You know, the ownership being changed is going to create a positive change. You know, you have not more, not because there's, you know, the Crockies are like freaking Satan or whatever, which maybe they are. But I think the fact that those, uh, you know, Crunky sports and entertainment has that they're stunting a lot of the growth and a lot of the help that Arsenal needs and wants right now. Like, um, you know, you have a lot of players that, that, you know, you have Burkamp, you have Henri that are willing to help, you know, this, this, this Spotify owner, I know, there's a reason Arsene Wenger keeps a distance. Um, I'm sure it's something having to do with the ownership. More than anything, I think it's holding back a lot of the growth, a lot of the positive um, direction that this Arsenal team can go in. But like I said, it's not the end-all, be-all. I don't think the owners are to, are are fully to blame over things like this. I think if the players were just, you know, hold some responsibility and 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 look at the inner, not the outer, you know, knowing that. The, the positive change that this team needs lies within them. I think that if, if they were, you know, if we were to look at things like that, I think, you know, eighth place is not something that, that, that they'd be deserving right now, but you know, that the attention is on, you know, what these players are posting on their Instagram and all a bunch of other, you know, bullshit that is irrelevant. And, I don't know, I guess, but um, yeah, that's that's not put it that way. Well, I I do feel, I do feel that getting a new owner at Arsenal would slow down the process completely. The process would be slowed down, and 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 um, and I'm talking about the the process of improving the team and the results. I think it it would slow it down drastically because you're starting from scratch. So that that kind of contradicts what what the initial petition was, which is to get better results. If you want better results, there's there has to be a change from within. If you bring someone exterior, you're starting from zero because they're going to bring a new philosophy, maybe a new manager, new ideas, new, ideas uh, new players, new new board. It's going to be so different. So you're slowing the process down. And you have something with Miguel Arteta already. Might as well just build off of it. But it's it it is a little bit um, it's tricky with Arsenal right now. It's it's very tricky. And, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, do you now? There was fans crying left and right, left and right when Arsene Wenger was still here. You know, mm-hmm. when he's still there. You know, Wenger out, this and that. You know, he's 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 he was supposed to have left five seasons ago, this and that. And this backs up my point on how I tell you it's easiest to point your finger at something that's out of your control, like the manager. Let's get rid of Arsene Wenger. Yet they have a new manager, you know, that that's that's fully devoted to the club. That has the, you know, he has the credibility. He won a champion. Uh, I'm sorry, a Premier League with City not too long ago. He has the credibility. Yet you have people shouting Arteta out already, you know. And it's been going on for a while too. 
So there's there's the point I'm trying to make is that you know once let's say the new owners come in, they 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 buy the club, they get their philosophies going, they have their new ideas going, this and that. People are not going to all of a sudden think, okay, you know, at least we're not with the Cronkies anymore. Let's, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're losing a couple games, but let's be patient. Let's support them. It's not how these people are, man. They're ruthless. They're ruthless. They're going to, you know, they're going to find something to pick at. They're going to look, those people are just going to, they're, they're just going to be relentless. They're just going to be nonstop throwing negativity at their direction. That's why I say like, it's not necessarily down to the ownership. I think there's, there's a lot of those other issues that can be handled a lot quicker, a lot sooner that are more plain to see as opposed to something like ownership being switched over to, to, to whoever it may be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we will touch on Arsenal's future uh, before we, we finish the show. But before that, I want to talk about Arsenal a few years ago and where it all went wrong, where it all started spir- spiraling. Spir- what the hell am I saying? Where it just went out of control. Basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I spiraling. Spiraling. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Dude, that English is very difficult, especially gotcha. if it's your second language. Anyway, um, I just I I want to pick your brain on this one because I th- I have an idea of where it started going wrong for Arsenal. I can almost pinpoint a moment. Can you pinpoint a moment in which you look back at and say, okay, this is where Arsenal went to shit completely. Or is it just like a little period of time? Or or did you just like, m- maybe you weren't really aware of it and you turned back around and you're like, oh, snap, my club is yeah. in the mud. I, I think, uh, you know, when I, when I did see a change was maybe if I had to pick like a, you know, a, a time of the season or a specific season, I would have to say it was uh, Wenger's last season mm-hmm. because this is the, the part of the character that I'm telling you about. So Wenger, you know, his identity was, you know, I'm a top four manager. I'm going to keep my team in the Champions League. I'm going to keep them afloat. We're going to beat the teams we're supposed to beat. Uh, you know, when, when, like, really go at it with these big teams, you know, with Man United, City, Chelsea, we're going to go at it with them. But I think when he saw that his time coming to a close, he's human like anybody else. He saw the, he saw the door was closing and maybe he was okay with putting his foot off the gas because before then, you know, we're talking about having a, a young team that, knew what it was to wear that Arsenal jersey. You know, you have the and this will tie back uh at the end of this because I was I was all for it. You know, it's it's when teams like Barcelona like like Arsenal have this young talent that was raised through the academy that they really wear the jersey because they understand the club, the philosophy, they love the club. They want to see they want to give it the absolute best. When you have players like Ramsey in the middle of the field, like Jack Wilshere in the middle of the field, in your lineup, you know, Santi Casodla, players like this, Mesut Ozil, which, you know, you already know he's, you already know I'm, a, I'm an Ozil fan to the to the bone. Um, no matter how you put it, these players 
they love they love the team. They loved Arsenal. They loved London. They loved playing in the Emirates. Um, when you start changing that, when you start whatever it might be, that throws that route off. And so that's when I started seeing a change because then these players are starting to see philosophies being changed. You know, you have Wenger leaves that a big part of Arsenal, it was left with him, you know, because it's, it's new territory to everybody. It's a new coaching staff, it's a new manager, it's different standards being held. You know, it's, it's when there's a new manager, you accept, okay, there's going to be some games being lost, this and that. And you, you can't simply, you know, pick up exactly where you left off. You know, there's going to be some some adapting that has to take place. But I think it was around the time that, that Wenger left and, and we started, you know, maybe the two seasons leading up to it. Because before then, we were, uh, you know, we were, we were competing for top four. We were looking to beat teams like Man United, Man City, all the time. You know, we we beat them, you know, who knows, a couple of times a season. or However many times, let's say, you know, mixed in with the FA Cup, the Premier League, with the Carabao Cup things like, you know, tournaments like that, you were looking to beat them, you know? And I think, I mean, I know the last time Arsenal played City, I'm like, man, these guys aren't going to fucking touch City, you know? Come on now. I, I get it. City's at a different level right now. But in general, you you know, when, when we're going up against Liverpool, things like that, these players aren't necessarily going in there, you know, guns blazing, ready to freaking beat this team. They're almost... They're, they, you could tell the mindset is somewhere different. So I think that that's around the time that it started changing. And yeah, man, we're really, uh, we're really in need of, of, you know, gearing towards that direction because where it's at this season, it was nowhere, nowhere near where it needed to be. That's where it started uh, changing though, to answer your question. I think it was um, when we saw, you know, and I even, I even remember, I'm going to touch on this again, but I, I remember when, um, you know, We'd uh we received Bayern one time and we we took them out. We beat them two zero. That is unheard of now. You know, there's you know, come on, I pray to God we don't play against Bayern, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I think it was uh it was around that it was around those uh that season, those two seasons where the identity started to shift a little bit. We started accepting that, you know, the num the number two, number number one, number two, number three spot weren't there for us and uh wasn't there for us and um that's where it started. Unfortunately, that's where it started uh, taking uh, a different direction. That, what you mentioned about Arsene Wenger leaving with a bit of Arsenal or with a huge chunk of Arsenal, I, I, I didn't really think about it. Of course, I thought about it once once he, he left. He left, what, like three years ago now. But now that you bring it up, I, I do notice a different Arsenal. It doesn't it it doesn't feel like the Arsenal I grew up watching because well you're a few months older than than me but we basically grew up you know we we grew up and and, and we remember the same things we had a similar childhood who was on Arsenal's touchline Arsene Wenger for our entire lives so that that has to be the same case for millions of other of uh, of other people not even Arsenal fans you know so you remember that you remember that story. With what was that with with Jose? Wenger on the on the touchline, Wenger when you got oh. sent to the stands, he's like, 
No, with, no, with his no, jacket no. that he couldn't this? zip up. <laughs> remember this? Oh my god! I really I, hope I, you guys are watching this on YouTube. Um, but yeah, kind of going back to to what I was saying, Arsene Wenger left with a with a big part of Arsenal as as you said, and it's just a different Arsenal. It's it's an Arsenal that doesn't necessarily feel elite. Um, but I will go back a little more, and I will tell you where I think this club just went downhill. And this was going to hurt you a lot. I know. I think you know where this is going. The day that Robin Van Persie left Arsenal to go to Manchester United was the day that Arsenal stopped being that invincible Arsenal. That mm -hmm. Arsenal that could beat Barcelona 2-0 at the Emirates in a Champions League night. They stopped being that team that would finish first or second in the Premier League. They became a, all right, well, I guess we're okay with top four. Let's just make it to, to a European spot. And you might you, you can easily argue and say it wasn't even that moment. It was when Thierry Henry left to Barcelona for pennies. You can even mention that. But since we are a little younger, and I don't necessarily remember 2007 all that well, I'm going to pinpoint yeah. Robin Van Persie leaving to to Manchester United and not only leaving to Manchester United winning a league with Manchester United that what that was that to me that was the moment where I'm like okay Arsenal yeah maybe 10 years ago or for sure at, at that point in time 10 years ago they were definitely a team that you had to watch out for because they were going to oh, yeah. compete for the Premier League no doubt about it but now they started to become that and they i mean what followed their star players started to yeah. leave and yeah go ahead i'd like to add to that actually because uh as you know my all-time favorite player <laughs> you know who it is robin van percy yes thank you uh and i you know i saw this interview that he did you know with with uh i can't remember the name of the uh the channel you know, to save my life right now, but they interviewed him and he went into depth as to why he left Arsenal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned it right now. Once he left, he went on to Manchester United and that exact following season, he won a Premier League title. Now, that tells me two things. You know, Arsenal was unwilling to, to you know, to, to accept that they needed to make changes and, you know, for the better. And, you know, Robin Van Persie is a champion. He was a champion and, and and the team that surrounded him didn't agree. The management that was above him didn't agree. They weren't in line with him because he was a top scorer the season before he left. And at this, the following season, when he went to that Manchester United team joined, to join uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, he won the league title. So what does that tell you? He, he, was, he was right. And that season that he left, he made... Robin Percy, you know, he 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 went. He had a meeting with uh, with the sporting director. He put out ten points that Arsenal needed, to, or ten changes that they needed to make in order to to go for that first place spot. And they agreed with zero of them. They agreed with zero of them, and didn't offer him a contract and let him leave. The following season, Robin Van Persie goes to it. 
if you're robbing that person and you ask this, you 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 bring up this point to the man to whoever it is, you know, to the to the men in charge, and they agree with none, you go on to a different team. Most more more than likely, that team is going to agree with those points if they don't already possess them themselves, and that proves a statement right because they went on and they won the league title. So that means Arsenal's it's it it was worse than we thought because they didn't even acknowledge that they needed to make those changes, and that's a big problem when you can't acknowledge that you need to make changes and you think that you know you're fine where you're at when you're in fourth place. That's not a good good indicator. You know that's that's. It's not an indicator of good things to come. Um, not saying that they should listen to every suggestion, but the fact that he agreed with zero of them kind of lets you know where the where the team stood back then. And we can say that back then during those seasons, they were having a better time that they're having now. You know, and yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I mean we're seeing this uh, continuously, you know, big, you know, having big players, letting them go. Uh, Van Persie was a champion, man. He's, he's, he was a champion. He was a, he was a winner and he needed his team to step up, he needed his management to step up and they refused. He went to Man United. He won a Premier League title. Shout and you can add, yeah, shout out to Robin Van Persie. You can add so many players to that list. Alexis Sanchez, he just won the Serie A this season. Thomas Vermeulen. Yep. For however injured he was, it doesn't matter. He won the treble with Barcelona the season after he left Arsenal. Samir Nasri, Premier League champion with Manchester City. Cesc Fabregas. Alex Song. Alex Song, yes. Um, Gal Clichy as well. So many players. And it's not even the fact that the players, that, that your star players are leaving. Oh, well, Mesut Ozil, he just left. He hasn't won anything yet. But chances are he's probably going to win something. It's not so much that the players are leaving. It's now you can't even sign the star players. Do you remember? I think it was like the summer of 2013. Arsenal tried to sign Luis Suarez. They offered 40 million pounds. And Liverpool said, no, that's not enough. We need a better offer. So Arsenal says, we'll offer you 40 million and one pound. What do you say? And Liverpool's like, all right, yeah, cool. Probably blocked them on Twitter and and on WhatsApp and all that stuff. I mean, seriously. How how ridiculous is that? And then you fast forward to the summer of 2016. Arsenal was linked heavily to Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy said, I don't even want to talk to them. I just won the Premier League. I am going to play Champions League. I'm going to play the Euros with my country. I don't want anything to do with Arsenal. And yeah, he, he didn't go to Arsenal. He's still at Leicester City. And time has proven him right. He's, he's still doing very, very good with Leicester City. Who knows? Maybe his career would have just gone, gone, disappeared, and ended Should, uh, had he gone to Arsenal. Or maybe not. Maybe just ha- he and just has that. putting it nice. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a very nice way of putting it. But Jamie Vardy and Luis Suarez and all the guys that they couldn't sign or that Arsenal couldn't sign. Time is proving them right. Luis Suarez, we know what he did. Jamie Vardy is still doing his thing. And, well, obviously, Luis Suarez is still yeah. doing his, his thing as well. But, again, it's not so much... or uh, it, it. It's bad. Yeah, he just did it, definitely. It's not bad, or it is bad, that, that you can't retain your star players. But I think it might be a little worse that you can't even attract new star players. So, well, like... what? <laughs> It leaves you in this weird it's no limbo. Longer, uh, 
It's yeah. not a destination anymore. That's what you were going to say, right? Yeah, it's right. not. It, it's it's not. It really isn't. Sure, London is cool, but I don't want to play for Arsenal on the unless you know they they make it to the <laughs> Champions League. And just really quick, um, I know you you were talking about Arsene Wenger, and um, and you were talking about maybe Wenger um, or or calling for for his his dismissal maybe a little a little too premature from the fans or maybe fans just being hot-headed but i do think that arsen wenger stuck around a little too long and i'll tell you why don't you think it would have been nice for arsen wenger for arsenal for arsenal fans to see arsen wenger leave as an fa cup champion it would have been nice to see him leave maybe when they won that 2014 fa cup um, I, th- I believe it was against Hull City, if I'm not mistaken. It would have been nice for Arsene Wenger to say, all right, I gave you guys almost 20 years of my career. This is where it ends. Thank you so much. Here's a trophy. And I wish you all the best. It wouldn't have tarnished his legacy because people, even now, kids nowadays, you ask them about Arsene Wenger and they think of him as a joke, which we know he isn't. We know he is not a joke. He's a very bright football mind. But he tarnished his legacy by sticking around a little too long. Um, And then Arsenal would have been well on their way to to the rebuilding process. They they would have been, what, six, seven years into that process by now? But again, if uh, ifs and buts and and, uh, whatever, you know, you can't change the past. You can't change what already happened. But it would have been nice. I think it would have been nice, Arsene Wenger, to leave on a high horse with a trophy, yeah. holding it high up in the air. But I, it, that's it, an it, indicator of how uh, how poor Arsenal is doing right now. That we're talking about uh, the times that we had Arsenal Wenger, you know, <laughs> the the bad times, yeah. the tail end of Arsene Wenger's time at Arsenal, because yeah. because yeah. the tail end wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, they. The last good season that Arsenal had was the 2013-2014 when they were lead leaders for a long time. They didn't win the league, but they did win the FA Cup. That's the FA Cup that I'm talking about right now. That was the last good season that I remember from Arsenal. Other other than that, I mean, they had good good beginnings to their seasons, but then it would just fizzle out yep. and they they would crash yep. out of FA Cup, Carabao Cup, and it was just like they faded completely. Um, oh, I still, yeah, I still remember the, uh, I still remember the schedule that they would take us down. They would start off really strong, you know. They'd have me thinking that we're probably going to win the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you have the, uh, you know, you beat a couple of the big teams, and then um, then came the almighty month of January, where mm-hmm. you know it was a crime in London. Apparently, in North London, it was a crime to win a game, and uh, and then. You know, slowly but surely, they made sure that you let go of any hope of them reaching the top two, top three, top four sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, that was the infamous cycle that they had us in for a while. They for, had a us. Lot, for a good part of the 2010s, for sure. Yeah. It was a good part of the 2010s. And now we're over here, you know, now we're over here getting scored on by Ollie Watkins and things like that. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I guess Ollie Watkins, is, Ollie Watkins is never going to be on this podcast now. Um, it's all good, man. It's all love. Um, all right, let's nice. let, let's move on to to Arsenal 
Arsenal's future. So we're going a little bit more ahead in time. And and yeah, Arsenal's present is this. No Champions League for the last few years. No Europa League now. They missed out on the newest invention that UEFA has, the UEFA Conference League, whatever the fuck that is. And yeah. how do you attract players? How do you bring in players now that, that you don't have European football to offer them? I think it, uh, you know, I think it's, it's, you can look at it both ways. Uh, I think you can look at it as in like, you know, we can no longer attract big players, things of that nature. I also think you could look at it as in, you know, this is a great time to, uh, to really focus in on your young talent to build, you know, build your players that you have. If you're going to make some signings, you know, which, which I do think they, uh, they do need. I know Arteta wants to bring in another uh, center midfielder to work with three center mids. Um, you know, some maybe some defenders. Uh, I know we got a, quite a bit of players uh, heading out. We got Baiting heading out, players of that nature. Uh, you can really build on, on on players that way. And I think that's much of a stronger foundation than, you know, some $60 million signing that you can make, you know, or two of them, whatever the case may be. It's a lot stronger because, uh, you know, you can, you have a lot of young talent that that adapts really well on their respective teams. I'm not just talking about Arsenal here. I'm talking about young talent in general. We've seen it happen. You know, we've seen it work wonders. You know, where where certain players you, you need to have patience with if if you truly believe in them. Now that's Arteta's job to kind of see the potential in them. Um, we would wonder why Frank Lampard would play players like Mason Mount so much when he wasn't yielding that many results. Now, you know, now look, look at his performances. He's been stringing together for Chelsea. You know, we've, we've seen firsthand what a player Saka has been, you know, little by little. So I think now is a good season where like, cause you asked where, where did they go to from here? I think, they could really focus on developing the young talent that we have already and building the team around them, you know, really, really, you know, tying in, do you want me to go fully into where Arsenal should go or, or is this kind of just, uh, no, well, you know, on the topic of, no, of, you know, uh, my, my, my initial quote, or sorry, my next question was, do you just bet on the youngsters from now, from now until, I don't know any, any further notice, but please go ahead. Yeah, no, I think I think uh, this season and the following season is going to rely heavily on on that relationship that Arteta is going to develop with the young players. The same way we see, you know, players like Phil Foden uh, blossom under Pep Guardiola, we're looking for something similar in Mikel Arteta and uh, and players like Bukayo Saka and Kieran Tierney. Uh, you know, different players. Like that, Smith that Rowe, you're, maybe you're really yeah, Smith Rowe. Um, you're really looking for for you know you, you, that's that's what I would that's what I would put my uh, put my money on. You know that's what I would really put all my energy and my focus on. If I was Mikel Arteta, I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be on bringing in new players because let's be honest, Ariel, that uh, <laughs> you know he brings in a player like Willian, and Willian yeah. successfully just ran around the park all season. Didn't do much. I, <laughs> well, nothing. You know, he exactly. He, you know, you you're not gonna. 
And then, of course, when you sign this developed player, you know, the, a, a player that's worth, you know, 30 million, 40 million plus, you know, they're expecting certain, you know, you're put in a tough position because you can't just make a signing like that and not play him. But you can't play him when he's playing like shit. So I think the best thing that, uh, that they could do now is focus on the young talent like Saka, Tierney, Smith Rowe. Uh, I think Odegaard is leaving, so, you know, nothing with him. Uh, you know, building their building their game up with the likes of Thomas Partey, players like Gabriel that just got here, you know, and, and you know, getting, getting a, a strong lineup behind you and really just building off of that. I know they're, they're looking at different players. They're looking at, uh, you know, some, some center attacking mids. I know, I know they've got some rumors with a player from Sevilla. I think his name is Edu. Um, uh, like that. That's that's really in the in, in the young players and making sure that they develop good under Mikel Arteta. That's that's what you can do right now. Um, betting on on those youngsters, you you absolutely have to bet on the youngsters yeah. because it it is an opportunity, just like you said. I'm, and I'm kind of just repeating what what, what you're saying, but. It's an opportunity, man. It really is an opportunity. I, I want to see Martinelli out there. I want to see Bukayo Saka out there. Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, I want to see all the youngsters. I want to see what they're truly made of. Because also, something that, that should be mentioned, it's not necessarily all that bad that they won't be in Europe next season. Because you can focus solely on the league and finish in a good position and then this might be the season where you look back at it and say, okay, this is where we got back. This is th this is where we sort of got our mojo back because we were able to focus on one competition. You look at that 2015-2016 Leicester City that, that won the Premier League. They weren't playing in Europe. The, the season beforehand, they, they saved themselves from, um, from right. relegation. But they only had one competition to focus on. And then you talk about Chelsea, the 16-17 championship that they had in the Premier League. They missed out on Europe as well, and by quite a lot. But they came back, yeah. and they only had one competition to focus on, and it was better for them. Now, I'm not saying that Arsenal's going to win the Premier League, because I think they're far from that right now. But with only focusing on one competition, and only really having to play your best players in the Premier League, you are... You are at an advantage in some ways over Manchester City, over Liverpool, over Chelsea, over Tottenham, who, who is going to play the the Conference League, um, because you, who knows, what if you have a fixture against Manchester City and it falls right before Manchester City faces, I don't know, uh, Real Madrid in like the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And Arsenal doesn't have anything else going on for them. So they put out their best 11. And Manchester City can't because they have a do-or-die game coming up on Wednesday. Yeah. So that that's where Arsenal can have an advantage. And if you can give yeah. your young players all of this exposure and all of this experience to make kind of make their mistakes on the pitch and learn on the job, well, then yeah. you, you, are, you are making stars you are creating stars and and that ultimately is what arsenal needs they need stars they need personality they need leadership they need a lot but 
those are the things that that, that they need. They, they need star power, personality, leadership. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to add to the future of Arsenal before we before we sign out? Yeah, I do think uh, I we agreed with a, a lot of the same things. I think it's a, it's, I'm looking at it as a positive, you know, that's all you could really do. I think it's going to help them that they don't have a, a game midweek. You know, obviously you have your, your FA cup, you have your domestic tournaments, uh, but not, not, you know, being, not making it to the, to European football is going to, uh, they've got to look at the positives. They're not going to be preoccupied with, with things of that nature when they're up against these, uh, these teams like Manchester United, like Chelsea, like city. Uh, you know, you're gonna you're you're always gonna go into an advantage if the other team has to worry about a Europe, uh, a game, you know, a game in the Champions League in the Europa League. Um, and then also the reason that you know they they're they gotta focus on the on the youngsters is because um Aubameyang's got his he's got his position solidified now. Whether he's performing, you know, in form or out of form, he's got his position up there. Um. I, I really want to. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this next season goes for players like uh, Nicolas Pepe and Aubameyang because uh, you know they they've got they've got quite a bit to prove. I think uh, the patience with Nicolas Pepe is running a little slim, and I think it's because everybody we uh, we all know that he has it in him. We've seen the last couple of games that he's been performing. He's been performing you know excellent. Uh, I think Aubameyang still got a good season in him, good two seasons in him. Uh, the reason I left out Martinelli when I didn't explain it was when I didn't uh, touch on the youngsters or when I touched on the youngsters that we have to, we have to really, you know, help him develop in the, in, in the squad uh, is because he's, he's constantly being injured. You know, I, yeah. I'm not sure if we can rely on someone like that. He's constantly injured, you know, for the last two seasons, he's been missing a lot of games. Uh, but yeah, just just I just really uh, I'm really looking to see how how Arteta starts this next season, you know how how much he works with these players uh, in the beginning of the season over the summer, and yeah, just hoping that we can return to uh, to you know competing for those that top four position, you know. Absolutely, Miguel. I hope you enjoyed this therapy session. Uh, it was <laughs> I'm sure it was much needed after. Uh, quite a debacle of a season arsenal had oh, but, yeah. but there's there's hope there's still some uh, you can see some sort of light at the end of the tunnel and uh Sorry. with yeah the surely with with the right with the right decisions and the right planning arsenal can be back to where they were miguel um the floor is yours you can plug away your social media whatever you want to plug um go right ahead man yeah, no, of course. Uh, you guys can follow me at Miguel underscore OCM. Um, give my uh, give my boy Alex a follow. Give him a like. You know all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, can't wait to see. Uh, and congrats on this on this project, my brother. I mean, I know it's gonna blow up. The more uh, the more time goes on, you know. Absolutely, I, I appreciate that, and I tell you this off camera and now on camera. I appreciate your work. Your work does not go unnoticed. I'll tell you that. It does not go unnoticed. Maybe the people don't see it, but I do. And you know that the people around me see it as well. So, of course, I, I appreciate that a lot. And once this blows up, man, we're all eating good. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, thank you for your time. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Alex Perez FC. Subscribe to the podcast. 
on Spotify, on iTunes. If you leave a review, it helps the podcast grow quite a lot. Subscribe on YouTube as well. Um, and I, I don't know if I said the handles on for social media, but well, it's at Total Food Club, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And that's it from us. Thank you once again, Miguel. That was the state of the mighty or the former mighty Arsenal. They can be mighty again if they really want to. That's it from us. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.